You know, when we started um, uh, doing this whole coronavirus, the, the most popular scripture that was being quoted, in fact, we did it the first serv- service, and it was all over YouTube, and that's Psalm 23. And Psalm 23 is a very, very popular psalm for a reason. Listen to this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right paths, bringing honor to his name. And even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of of death, I will not be afraid for you are with me. So there it is. God is with us, you guys. But there's something else in Psalm 23 that I want to pull out that we're going to actually talk about today. And that it says, when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So if we're walking through something, that means we initially walked into it. So it had a beginning. And then we experienced the midst of it. But then you walk out of it. When you walk through something, you walk in, but you walk out of it. And you guys, we call these seasons. And that's what we're going to talk about. Tis the season. There are actually two different types of time that God has created. One is chronos, where we get chronology from. And those are our our minutes that lead right to our hours, that lead to days, weeks, months, years. They're cyclical, and you can depend on them. But then there's kairos. And, And this word kairos is a season. It has a beginning, and it has an end. So we'll say things like, man, we had a great time last night. Well, that's not cyclical. It's not going to keep happening. There was, a, there was a season. Or you can say, man, that was one of the hardest times of my life. Had a beginning and it had an end. Life stages are kairos. They're seasons. As a parent, right, you have your tiny little infant and that's a season. You have your preschoolers. And then you have your elementary kids. And I I know like right now, this whole fact that school is closed through the season and homeschooling is going on and you have these little guys, man, that is a, thankfully, season. And then you're like me and you have teenage kids. And, and, and And what you have to ask when these kids are in these different seasons, you go, well, what's the point? What's the reason? What's the purpose when a child is an infant? And the point of a six-month-old is really different than the point of a 16-year-old. And you need to know, what's the season that they're in? And it changes how you respond. And then, not only in parenting, but even our own lives. I'm 55, just turned 55. Six years ago, when I was 49, I was reading a book, and it talked about how different generations, there's something, there's a season in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and, and during those times, there's a purpose, there's a reason, there's a point to those. And I remember being 49 and going, well, man, if I'm entering into my 50s, I want to understand what the point is. What's the purpose and the reason for my 50s? So I talked to guys who've got 10 years on me and asked them for that. So I want to understand the point of the season that I'm in. Why? Ephesians 5 15 and 16 says this, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every 
opportunity. And some of your versions will say, make the most of your time. That, uh, that word opportunity is kairos. You're going to have a season. And you need to learn how to make the most of every opportunity. And here's what I want to tell you today, you guys. We're in a season, and don't miss the point. Don't miss the point of this season that all of us are in. COVID-19 started, if I look back at the history, January 7th is when the Chinese health authorities confirmed that there was the outbreak of this novel coronavirus. Now, that's when they confirmed it. That means something was happening before that, but January 7th is when it was confirmed. January 20th was the first case reported in the United States. And when that happened, you guys, Kairos began. And it was a new season. Well, God speaks very clearly to us about seasons and about time and how important they are. And I'm going to read for you a classic passage, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And it's a classic passage because it was such a great classic rock song, okay? But if you follow Jesus, um, listen to these words. I'm just going to read this, read this through, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to pull this apart for us today. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. And even in that verse right there, there are two different words. There's, there are two, two different words. There's a season for everything under heaven. Now, as I read through these, it's going to say time, but the word is kairos. The word is a season. Listen to what it says. There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time, this is a good one for us today, a time to embrace and a time to refrain. There you go. See, guys, social distancing is in the Bible. Isn't that helpful? It's right there. It's scriptural. It's godly. A time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And then here's what we're going to look at today. He says, what does the worker gain from this toil? I've seen the burden that God has laid on men. He has made everything beautiful in its time, in its season. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Yet, they cannot fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there's nothing better than for men to be happy and, and, and to do good while they live. That everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in his toil. This is a gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing can be taken from it. God does it so that men 
will revere him. All right, so let's look at these seasons. And again, here's what I remind you. Don't miss the point of the season. Here's the first one. Seasons point to an end. Seasons point to an end. Ecclesiastes 3.1, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. And again, seasons have a beginning and they have an end. And, and there are expectations, okay, that you can have and there's expectations we should have with seasons. And the first one is you expect it to end. It's not chronos. It's not chronology. It's not just a constant, we know it's going to happen every day like the sun rising. Seasons have an end. And I will tell you that despair and fear and anxiety come from the feeling that this will never end. And, and, I, and, I, and here's, here's the truth. I think most of us know where it's, it's going to end. But are you living like that? Or is the despair? Because the truth is we don't know when. That's part of the, the struggle of this particular season is because we don't know when it's going to end. But that's true with so many seasons of our lives. And so we feel in our heart like, is this ever going to end? But knowing that there is an end, knowing that there is, gives you motivation to keep going. This is the gift from God, and this is what seasons point to. They point to the fact that there's an end, and it's a gift from God. It's kind of like the clock during a sports game. <laughs> Can you imagine just going out and playing and having no idea if the game was ever going to end? If, I mean, even if you love it, you'd be like, okay, just when? But when you know the end's coming, and you know how much time is left, then you can, it keeps you going. It's the peak of a mountain when you're hiking. Because sometimes you're like, you turn and you turn and you do these switchbacks. You're like, are we ever going to get there? But you know you are. You know you are eventually. There's a peak. It's the end of a semester. You don't just keep going. And I want to tell you guys, this is actually very critical for our mental health. It is a gift from God to give us seasons and seasons point to an end. And when you know that something is going to end gives you the motivation to keep going. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. <clears throat> man, that guy, I got to tell you, I, all of us, most of us, have been through some really hard things. But man, when I read his life, <clears throat> wow, I, I haven't been near through anything like he has. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, <clears throat> he's just telling everybody, he's like, you guys have no idea. I want you to know, though, the troubles that we've gone through, the hardships that we've faced, far beyond our ability to endure. It was a really, really tough season for Paul. But look what got him through it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18 says this. Therefore, we do not lose heart. I don't know, man. Any of you need to hear that today? Come on, man. Um, even if you're like doing okay, like I've been doing good and I shared with the, in the devotional on Wednesday night, something happened on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, man, I, my energy got sapped and, and, and I didn't know why. And some of you, you have been losing 
heart in the midst of this. But Paul says, we don't lose heart. Why? He goes, though outwardly, oh, we're not working? Okay. All right, so hopefully you guys can hear me now. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 4 says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Why? Though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Now listen to this. For our light and momentary troubles. Now, what's, here's what's interesting. You know what that word momentary is? Kairos. For our light and seasonal, beginning and end, temporary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary. What you can see is kairos. It had a beginning and it has an end. It's temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so if you notice, here's what Paul's saying. When you understand that it's a season, then you understand that it's temporary. And when you know that, you get the point. And the point is, and don't miss it, it has an end. And that is a gift from God. It's very purposeful of him. And that leads us right to the next thing, the next point about seasons. And that's this. Seasons point to eternity. They actually point to eternity, right? When he says our kairos troubles, our momentary troubles, they're achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs all of them. So, so you're going through struggles. You're going through temporary times. And what do they do? They cause you to actually realize that there's an eternal glory that far outweighs them. It points you to eternity. And so then he says, so we fix our eyes not on Kairos. We fix our eyes not on the season, not on what we can see, but on the eternal. So when you're in a season, you guys, it actually helps point you to eternity. And so in the Ecclesiastes passage, very, very popular phrase, it says, God has also set eternity in the human heart. What does that mean? It means we know because of the temporary nature, the fact that things start and they end, there's something inside of us and God actually put it in there to help us to believe there's something more beyond this. And seasons actually point us to eternity. So you know seasons are going to end and so you know there must be more. And that means, and here's what's interesting, hard seasons are going to end but also good seasons. Like even when you're experiencing life and it's fantastic, seasons of joy and blessing and health, you still know this, even those seasons eventually end. And here's a key. Even your life on earth is a season. The whole thing. You were born and you had a beginning and you're going to die, and it's going to end. Our life on earth is a season, and we know that. And when you're going through these seasons, and you realize there's an end, it helps point you to eternity, and don't 
miss that point. Don't miss the point of what we're going through right now. Part of what's happening is it's reminding us of a deeper reality, that there is eternity. So the whole, in fact, the whole point of Ecclesiastes, that book, is basically just to say that Solomon, who writes it, who, who had all the wisdom in the world, he also had all the wealth in the world, he could do anything he wanted. And here's what he said. The whole book was basically saying this. I've seen all the hardship in the world, and it's meaningless. And then he says, and I've pursued every desire of my heart and I've attained them. I've even got all the good stuff. And even after I get all of that, it doesn't satisfy because it doesn't last. Every pleasure too has its end. And here was his point. If this is all there is, if this is all there is, then this life is meaningless. If this the temporary, seasonal, material things, if that's all you live for, then guess what? We will live in fear. We will live with anxiety, frustration, and despair because every one of these things has an end. It can all be gone in an instant, and we all know that. And so in the middle of this, What Paul was saying, the temporary struggles reminded me to think about eternity. They pointed me to eternity. And in the Ecclesiastes section, when Solomon's like, man, there's a season for everything. But in the midst of the seasons, in the midst of the time, God placed eternity in our hearts. And the seasons point us to eternity. Don't miss the point, you guys, of what we're going through right now. It gives us a chance to remember that there's more. Here's the third thing. Seasons point to a greater purpose. Hold on one second. All right, seasons point to a greater purpose. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, he said this. God has made everything beautiful in its time. And that means, again, God has made everything beautiful in its season. And then it says, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So God's actually working. He's actually doing something. He's making things beautiful in the season. But no one can fathom what he's doing from beginning to end. Two really important truths to understand the fact that seasons point to a greater purpose. Okay, and don't miss this point, <laughs> that there's a greater purpose. Here's the first one. Our kairos is a small part of God's bigger plan for the world. Our kairos, our season, what we go through from beginning to end is super small in comparison to what God's doing in the history of all the world. And so we are not, and here's basically what we learn through times like this. We're not the center of the universe. Everything is, and again, we might say that, but these seasons help us to remember this. It's not all about me. Now, I'm a part of this. You're a part of this. But we're not the point of all of history. In fact, here's what's interesting. Even an entire century, a hundred years 
is small in comparison to the grand scheme of God's plan. And what, what Solomon is helping us to understand here, guys, is when you have all these seasons, we have no idea, we cannot fathom what God has been doing from the beginning of time all the way until the end. He has a grand plan that everything falls in line with. And this time when we go in, very important truth is to remind us in this season right now, God's doing something so much bigger than what I'm just experiencing. And I can't fathom. I'm not God. I have no idea. But I can know that it's a small part of God's bigger plan. You know, one of the ways I learned this personally for me was when my mom had cancer. Um, I don't know why, but last night we were talking with our kids and, and again, I just shared with them. It's really weird that my mom actually died from cancer when she was younger than I am now today. I was uh, in my early 20s when she got cancer and I remember going struggling with this season that we had entered. So my mom was fine, she's healthy, and then all of a sudden she gets cancer and we're gonna go through this season together. And I, I still remember one time just uh, praying um, in the basement of the church I was on staff with. I was uh, like 22 years old. And I found this closet that was big enough to go in there and just pray. And I prayed and I said, God, here's what I know. I know that you're good and I know you love my mom. I, I believe that with all my heart. Secondly, I know that you are all powerful and that you can do anything. I believe that you could say the word and my mom's cancer would be gone. So, like almost every other human being, I put those two together, and I just say, well, God, since you love her, and you're all-powerful, then just do it. <laughs> just, just heal her. And then, as I was praying, all of a sudden, a third thought hit me. And I just had to confess to God, and I said, but you know what, God? You can see everything that I can't see. You're the only one who knows the effect of my mom's life and whether she would live till she's well into her 80s or 90s and what would happen with all of the, of the implications of that or if she dies at 54. You're the only one who knows the best thing that will actually happen for eternity. And God, because you're good and because you're powerful, I trust you. I trust you. See, God has a master plan that involves eternity, and he's working it out. And don't miss the point that he has a greater purpose, something grand than what's going on right now. Now, here's the other thing that's important with this. Our kairos is a small part of God's bigger plan for the world. It is. But our kairos, our season that we're going through, is a huge part of God's bigger plan for us. So in other words, what you're going through right now, God is working in your situation for the plan, the larger plan that he has for you. And that's what seasons point us to. 
They always have a greater purpose. What you're going through right now, yes, there's, there's stuff happening in your own heart and in your own mind right now. But I tell you, I guarantee you, Scripture tells us that God is also, also working in this season for the greater purpose that he has for your life. And again, you just bring it up because it's so important when Romans 8.28 says, and we know, we know. That in all things, every season, God works for the good of those who love him and who've been called according to his purpose. Again, Ecclesiastes 3.11. He has made everything beautiful in its season. In the season, it will be beautiful. And yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. And that's true, you guys, not only with the beginning of history to the end of history. It also means we have no idea. We cannot fathom what God is actually doing in each season from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. But what can we know? That he's good. And so I just, I just want to remind you again, if you've been with us for the last 16 years, a, a huge important part in my life. I was a part of the team that started a Kensington church back in Troy, Michigan in 1990. In 1997, seven years, and it was an amazing run. Saw God do phenomenal things. Um, but after seven years, I felt like I was supposed to go and, and finish up my master's degree in theology. And so I moved to California uh, to pursue that degree. And I was super excited. Living in Southern California sounded great. I'm going to have time to take a break from the ministry and just pour in and learn and grow. I was really excited. But I want to tell you guys, for that year and a half, it was a season. And the way I've always described it is I feel like God dug a hole and he just threw me in and covered me over with dirt. So, I go from a church of thousands where I'm teaching and leading and have significant positions. And, and I go out there to California and it was like, I was invisible. I, I basically, I just felt like God, here, here's what he said. He goes, David, I, I don't want you to lead. I don't want you to teach. I used to lead worship. He goes, I don't want you to lead in any worship. He goes, in fact, I'm not, I'm only going to give you two friends. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to let you be a part of the larger community. It was weird. And it was hard. And I remember you guys, I had deep, deep seasons of darkness. Because what I realized in that moment was, man, my identity, my, what my life is all about is, is, is doing ministry. And then I realized, oh my gosh, that can be gone like this. God can take it away in a moment. And then I had this very interesting experience. When I actually interviewed for our church back in Detroit, they asked me a question. I'll never forget sitting in like a, it was a big boy restaurant for you guys back in the Midwest. And I'm sitting in there and uh, Steve Andrews, the pastor asked me this. He said, Dave, what's your passion? And I remember saying, well, I probably should say youth ministry. So that's that what they want to hire me for. But I just told him, I said, to be honest with you guys, my passion's just Jesus. I, I, it's just Jesus. Now, right now that gets fleshed out in doing youth ministry, but I would do anything that he asked me to do. So go ahead seven years sitting in California in this really dark season. I'm sitting with a student and she asked me this question. She said, hey, Dave, what's your passion? 
And I said, well, what do you mean? I go, do you mean like in ministry, in life? You know, she goes, I don't know. Just what's your passion? And I said, you know what? I, I, ever since I've been doing ministry, it's amazing to me. It's like, I just feel like there's so many people who actually go to church, but aren't experiencing the life of God, like really intimately knowing him. And I said, man, my passion, I can feel my heart beat faster. I want them to know him. And so then I flipped it around. I said, well, what's your passion? And she said, well, I probably should say Jesus. (laughs) And when she said that, I'm telling you, man, it's like, it's like God cold cocked me. And uh, I wasn't slain in the spirit where I fell down on, but, but I just, I, we were at the park and I, I literally just lay down on my back and I, I just said to her, Hey, listen, I am so sorry, but I need this conversation to be over. And um, so she left and, and then I just feel like God said to me, Hey, David, seven years ago, when somebody asked you what your passion was, it was me. And seven years later, it's ministry. And then I just felt like he said, that's absolutely unacceptable to me. Nothing can be more important to you than me. Because ministry comes and ministry goes. Ministry is successful and ministry is really hard. And if you find your identity in what you do, you're going to be in trouble. Well, guys, I had no idea that way back in 19, that was probably 98, 1998, I had no idea that someday I'd be moving a group of 30 people across the country to plant K2. And I had no idea what it would be like for 16 years leading this church. But I can tell you this, that season of darkness, of a year and a half, of God actually taking me out of ministry, out of any significance, out of doing anything for him. And here's was his question, am I enough for you? That season was dark. To be honest with you, there were times when I was laying on the ground, just prostrate, and I'm just saying, God, I am so done. I'm just done. Please, I can't handle this anymore. And then I felt like I heard this little whisper, Dave, just keep going. Keep going. And I remember saying, okay, if this is for somebody else, if going through this eventually will be for somebody else, then I'll persevere. You guys, God had a greater purpose for my life that I had no clue about. And in the season, in the kairos, the point of that season was to make sure that nothing would be more important to me than Jesus. You're in a season. I'm in it too. The whole world is. And one of the points, and don't miss this point, whatever God's doing in your life, it's for the greater purpose that he has for you. And that's true. And he's working out the good in it. And then lastly and quickly, here's the last thing. Seasons point us to God. Seasons point us to God. This whole section ends in Ecclesiastes 3.14, and it says this, God does it so that people will fear him. God does all this. In fact, earlier said, I know that everything God does 
will endure forever. So he's actually always working. He's got this grand scheme of, of the whole history of, the, of humankind, and he's got a scheme for you. And everything that God does, he says he does it so that people will fear him. You know, it's interesting. In, in that passage of Paul in 2 Corinthians 1 that I was telling you guys about, he says, listen to this. He goes, indeed, he says, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But, but this happened so that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. This happened. He's going, why? I, I'm despairing even of life. This is a really, really tough season. And then he goes, you know why that happened? You know why that season happened? So I wouldn't rely on myself, but I'd rely on God. Here's what you can know about God. He's always at work. And whatever he does, he's actually doing so that we'll fear or revere him. And whether that's good season, some, it's like he said, there's a, there's a season for everything. Even the good things, God gives us good things so that we'll realize that's the truth of who he is. And it helps us, it draws us to him. But then those seasons end, hard seasons of loss come. And don't miss the point of every season. It's to point you to God. You know, and so here's what I want to say. If that's true, if the Bible and the revelation of God is true, then what he's doing right now, this coronavirus, COVID-19, stay-at-home season, somehow in this, for every one of you and me, he's doing it so that we will not rely on ourselves or rely on our finances or rely on our job or rely on our health or rely on the government but that we will rely and fear him. And again, I just want to say, if that's true, so that we will revere him, I, I just have to believe that some of you who are watching this, at this point right now in your life, you actually have never said, you know what, God, I want you in my life. Up to this point in your life, you've lived kind of maybe believing that he exists, but he's over here somewhere, and you're actually living separate from God. And the gift of God is eternal life. So these seasons are pointing you guys to something greater. But the greater is him. That God says, if you believe in me, if you will believe in Jesus Christ, I so loved you that I sent my one and only son. So if you believe in him, if you will trust him, if you'll say, God, please, I believe that Jesus Christ, what we talked about at Easter, is a son of God and that he died to forgive me of all these moments in my life that I've lived without you. I want to receive that forgiveness. I want to be reconciled back to you. And I want to ask you to come in. Don't miss the point of this season. If everything around you shaking, it could be because God is saying, hey, I'm the only thing that will never shake. I'm the only thing that'll last forever. Turn to me. Receive me. And that's all he says. If you believe in Jesus Christ and receive him into your life, receive his forgiveness and receive him. Say, Jesus, I want you in my life. He says, then I will come in. I will make you a new creation and you will have eternal life. I'll give it to you now. I'll be with you now. I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death with you now. 
And when this life is over, you're going to be with me forever. And I want to give you that hope. And then lastly, if you're already followed Jesus, <laughs> then this season's for us too, man. Because we, just like every other human being, can be tempted to start putting our hope in the things of, these world, of this world. And what these seasons do is, again, they just remind us and they point back to us. Don't put your hope in anything more than God. You shall have no other gods before me, he said. You know why? He goes, because if you do, this, then it leads to the despair and the anxiety and the fear. The point of every season is to point us back to God. So don't miss the point of the season. It points you to the end. It points you to eternity. It points you to the greater purpose of God. And it points you to God himself. And so what do we do? What's the application? Again, if you have never actually put your faith in Christ and you're watching today and you have felt a drawing to God, then I want to encourage you to receive him. And if you're interested in making that decision today, right over here again, you can hit our next step link. Click on that. Give us your name and contact information and we will reach out to you this week and we will walk through with you and help you to understand how it is that you can have God in your life. You can have eternal life and hope and peace and joy in this season. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you guys, you know what our application is? We've got to worship him. We need to worship Christ. And that means now, every Sunday, but that means every morning again, spending time with him, reading his word, praying to him, listening to worship music, all, all of your stuff we have. You can listen to it any moment, at any time, all day long. It means joining our live worship on Tuesday night and the devotional I'm gonna do on Wednesday, our groups on Thursday. It's like you worship him. You fix your eyes on him. And when you do, you remember, man, God, you are with us and you are for us. And this season, I'm going to remember that that's the point. The point is, I love you more than anything else. So guys, that's what we're going to do. We're going to worship. And man, the song that we've chosen to end our day today is so great. It'll say the sun comes up and it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. In that one season, in that one day from the beginning to the end, from the sun rising to the sun setting, in that season, I'm going to remember the point that I'm going to worship God because he's with me and he's for me. And then it'll say, and on that day when my strength is failing and the end draws near and my time, my season has come. When my Kairos is over and it's those last days, still my soul will sing your praise unending 10,000 years and then forever more. Tis the season, you guys. It's the season. Don't miss the point. It's always leading us back to the God who loves us, who's with us, and who's for us. All right? Let's worship him together.